Hello and welcome to Cameo Guys. I am your host, Mark Nelson. As always, I'm also joined by Cam. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, indeed. Yes. I'm just going to move Bakesy's absent microphone. It's right in front of your face. It is, yes. So that's okay. A little distracting, but we'll get into it. Yeah. So, it's been a while. Yes. A, between recordings, mm-hmm. and B, to finally actually sit down and watch the movie uh, mm. we're reviewing. So, we had a listener question from Michael, I believe. Yes. Almost, yes, oh, geez, it was almost a couple of months ago now. Definitely. I think around the time when we hit our 50th episode, we were asking people for ideas of movies to watch. Mm. And he suggested that we watch what he deemed a classic film. Yes. Glenn Gary. Glenn I'm, Gary, Glenn Ross. I'm not going to be able to say this the entire thing. So, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Yeah, there you go. Um, which is an adaption of a stage play. Mm-hmm. Um, and just has a... Ridiculously crazy good cast. Yes, yes. Um, it's going to be an interesting one for us to review, just because of the style of it. Like it, you can style tell, and it's you can uh, tell it was a play. Yes, like and it's even still framed within its like act structure and everything, and set and, pieces, and um, yeah, it's very uh, dialogue heavy, and but good. Oh, it was great, real good. But I, yeah, it's it's going to be hard to sort of. We'll I feel like there'll be enough trivia and. It's stuff, stuff to discuss yeah, that's yeah, yeah. just going to... Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll be fine. Uh-huh. But it has been a while. Yes. And again, we our, our side project has uh, taken o- overtaken a us a little bit. Yes. Uh, just due to the frequency of TV shows over yes. movies. Um, but what else have you been watching? Because so, obviously, you know, for those who know, we've been doing the Bachelor podcast, which mm-hmm. means watching... A shitload of The Bachelor. Too much. Which is not going to stop because did you see the starting date for The Bachelor? It's always back to back. I was hoping for like a week. No, there was (laughs) no chance we were getting a week. But that's okay. That's fine. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, have you been watching anything, going and seeing anything? I haven't really gone anywhere. I've been pretty busy with work and university. Yes. The like. Uh, The Office, I told you before. Yeah. So, I've been getting through The Office. Where where are you about to see you back to? Middle of three. At the moment. Oh, jeez. Three, three, four, five are just peak TV. They are great. And, uh, yeah, no, we've been enjoying that. It's just sort of, I think the other night we watched maybe eight, nine episodes just in a row. That is a lot. We are just like, I'm just like, you want to go again? Yep. Loved it. Everything Michael does is great. Well, before you showed up, my favourite cold open ever happens. Mm -hmm. We're, uh... Kevin brings his chili to oh, work. Chili. It's what I do best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I watched that clip before and then I watched the uh, Binging with Babish one the other day. He makes the chili. Excuse me? He's been Actually, no, for a while, but I've he's made that. Yes, yeah, yeah he, he made it. It was good. Um, I've been watching a couple of new shows. Yeah. All on Amazon, though. Yeah. Because why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking to The Office, been watching John Krasinski's new show. Jack Reacher. Jack Ryan. Oh, okay. One of the Jacks. Yeah. He's yes. good in it. Okay. Uh, very, very well done. Like, very cinematic TV okay. show, but it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it won a bunch of Emmys, but it had been on my mm-hmm. to-do list for ages, is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yes. Which is from Amy Sherman Palladino. Mm-hmm. From uh, Gilmore Girls fame. Yes. Um, and it's about a Jewish woman who gets divorced. Mm. It's set in like the 60s. Um, but she finds out she has quite the penchant for stand-up comedy. 
So it's all about her being a woman back in those time. A, being single, but also trying to get into comedy and all Mm -hmm. the just things that happen. Okay. Very good show. I highly recommend it. Okay. Yep. Um, But yeah, that's really what we've been seeing. Saw a couple of movies. Last time we spoke, I talked about seeing The Predator. Yes, on your own. Which was real bad. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think I've seen anything since then. Well, we had we had a we had a different plan for this episode <sighs> that didn't get to. Come we, to we, we were trying to get to the cameo cinemas today, actually, yes. as we were recording, but uh, we wanted to go see the, the merger, merger. Uh, just because, as of the time our listeners are listening, the AFL Grand Final will have happened. Yes. Uh, Cam's sitting in front of me already. <laughs> uh, it's the day before the Grand Final in his Collingwood yeah, I am. Guernsey. So. Um, that's why I'm not going to say too much because this could date very badly. Yes, just so steady on. Confidence. But our plan was to go see the merger, you know, an AFL movie mm-hmm. on Grand Final weekend. Yep. But sometimes the universe just doesn't play nice. No, the universe and, and by, university. Does by not. the universe, I'm talking about Bakesy. <laughs> yes, his universe has. Uh, he's he's in assignment crunch time hell. So yes. Oh well. It is what it is. It is what it is. But it uh, got us to watch this movie, which is... Uh, and I'm really, really glad we did. Yeah. Because, uh, <laughs> great suggestion. Yes. Um, I I know Michael, our listener, mm-hmm. so be very... I'm going to catch up with him tomorrow. You can let him know. Or you can listen to this after. I'm going to make him listen to it. I'd love to get his opinion on it, because he, he works in sales. So mm-hmm. I think that, I think his original email may have even mentioned that as his reason yep. of why he's always kind of... Enjoyed this movie. Enjoy this movie. Did he mention that if he had seen a play version or anything? I think or? he said that as well, didn't he? I can't remember. I can't I rec- remember the exact No, I think wording. he did. I think he said he's seen the play mm-hmm. maybe even last year when it was out here. I'd like... Because I know there's, there's a lot of um, adaptions, I believe. I'd just like to, to see this play. Mm. Apparently, a few years back, they had it back on Broadway mm. and Al Pacino played Jack Lemmon's character. <laughs> so he yep. was Levine... Instead of uh, Ricky Roma. Ricky Roma, yeah. I think um, just from a few things I've read, they've actually kind of mentioned that some differences between the play and the movie, they kind of make that Roma character more of a sympathetic one. More, more of in like, the I movie think the, or in the play? In the movie. More... I think in the, in the play, at the end, it kind of, he turns a different way. Ricky Roma. I didn't even think he was quite sympathetic in this version. I think it's more no, no more like he didn't like try to kind of like in that last scene, last scene how he's kind of trying to help Levine just a little hmm. bit towards the end there. Yeah, yeah okay. I don't think he does that in play. Interesting. Um, we'll get into one very big difference, obviously, that the movie has to the play. Mm. Speech. An, an Oscar-winning difference, not yes. winning. Sorry, nominated difference. Uh-huh. Um, well, we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Let's, because uh, I feel like our regular listeners would a have never have heard of this movie. Yeah. B probably don't know anything about it mm. or the cast. Well, so I knew the whole thing. I didn't. I didn't exactly know how the movie would pan out or how it would look, but I knew aspects of it. Yep. Before we jumped in. And I've, and just from seeing um, Simpsons references. <laughs> we'll get into that. I'm sure that's a piece of trivia. Um, but yeah, I think. Hey, 
just it's point of difference. Yeah. We normally we normally don't watch something like this, and we normally don't watch a good movie. We, no. we made that a conscious decision today. Well, like, you did, I did, because um, <laughs> I, I kind of went. We, we, you and I have gone on a bit of a streak lately. When mm. Bakesy's not here, yep, we actively look for something crap to watch, and I, I just felt like we, mm-hmm. we should treat ourselves. No, I get that, and I'm, I'm glad we did. No, I, no, I get it. I, I, I still enjoy watching a bad movie. Yeah, of course, they're fun. <laughs> That's what I do. All right, so let's talk about the cast. Nah, obviously Al Pacino, yes, as Ricky Roma, and Jack Lemmon as Shelley Levine. Mm-hmm. What else was he in? Like, he's one of your old school... Yes, he was in... For our generation, more like uh, Grumpy Old Men. Oh, oh yeah, the odd, the odd Couple. The Odd Couple with Walter Matthau. Uh, yeah. Out to Sea. Mm-hmm. Another one with Walter Matthau. They're just, like, joined at the hip, weren't they? For a... Oh, he was in 12, 12 Angry Men. Uh-huh. Does that look like an adaption, not the original? Some Like It Hot. Just a lot of these, like, classic old 60s films. Mm-hmm. Life in the theatre. Yeah. Yep. We could, anyway, so there was him. Um, obviously, Alec Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan Arkin. I yes. actually like seeing a, a slightly younger Alan Arkin he as well. He looks the same. He does look <laughs> the same. But, yeah, he was good. Ed Harris. Needs to not have hair. Yeah, how weird was it? It's it was Ed wispy. Harris with hair. Ed wispy. Um, Too wispy. Kevin. Spacey. Mm. Um, Jonathan Price was uh, James Link. Ah, yep. That guy. Yep. Yeah, yep. yep. I'm not sure why I'm showing you a photo. You've just watched the movie. I did, yeah. You, yeah. And a very young Bruce Altman as Mr. Spannell, the guy that he went and visited. Oh, yeah, at his house, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, 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 yep. That's, that's it. That's really it. So, like, we. You, you kind of glossed over Kevin Spacey. I think the. I think. A thing that has, I think, what this movie has going for it, with everything that's happened, he's not a major, major part within the movie. Like, not uh, in considering there's Pacino and Jack Lemon. Yeah, I think he's not a major, major part. So, if you're at all worried about watching a movie with him, I think you should be fine. Yeah. I just want to bring up to something random that Jess. I found. So this film is directed by James Foley. Mm-hmm. Also directed at close range. Has done a few episodes of House of Cards. Mm-hmm. By a few, I think, quite a lot. Yep. Um, and Billions, another show that I like. Hannibal. So he's done he's done a couple of TV shows as well. Mm-hmm. But has directed... All three... Or actually, the last two Fifty Shades movies. Oh, what are you doing, James? Well, How when was his last good movie? Oh, I, don't, I don't know. A while Probably ago. this, from the yeah. look of it, because it seems like he did this. Yep. Had a bit of a break. Yep. Did some random ass movies. Mm-hmm. And then did TV, and kind of then went. You know what? I'll do some Fifty Shades. Well, maybe he thought, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a mob it. I've done, I've done what I wanted. Yeah. So it's based on a... What was his name? David Mimmett? Yes, who Play? also wrote all the extra scenes they added in for the movie. 
Yep. Which yeah, includes, includes Alec Baldwin's seven-minute monologue. Mm-hmm. Which I think is why they changed the ending, from what I read. The ending sort of more explained, like, more of the contest and the sort of animosity between. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That's just what I read. All right. Let's, let's get into some trivia. Yes. I feel like it's going to be very juicy. Uh-huh. Um, so the single largest cost on the movie was for the rain effects throughout the first half of the film. Yep. Good. Mm-hmm. During filming... Members of the cast who weren't required to be on the set certain days would show up anyway to watch the other actors' performances, yep. just because they're all so As enamoured a, with each other. Well, it's a really like um, small group anyway, so like I suppose yeah, they're all good actors. So. After Al Pacino saw Kevin Spacey perform on stage on Broadway in Lost in Yonkers, he brought director James Foley along to see the actor for himself. This led to Spacey landing his role in the film. Yep. Mm-hmm. Co-star Jack Lemmon said the cast was the greatest acting ensemble he had ever been part of. Um, this is also both director James Foley's and Alec Baldwin's favourite film of their own. Yep. Uh, the film had three weeks of rehearsals, so mm-hmm. very much like a play. Yeah. Um, and was shot over 39 days. Most scenes were shot in single takes and then cut up in editing to try to replicate the theatrical flow and cadence of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, the film was also shot almost entirely in sequence. Okay. Which is yep. interesting as well. Um, during the production, the actors referred to this film as death of a fucking salesman. <laughs> That's good. Mm-hmm. Um Ever since its release, the film has been used to train real-life salesmen how to sell and how not to sell. Uh, Okay, so here's some of the stuff around where David Mamet actually expanded the script for the play, and... Um, which was done to provide more context for the pressure placed on the salesman. Mm-hmm. Uh, notably, Jack, Jack, Alec Baldwin's introductory speech was added, as well as Jack Lemon's phone calls to clients and the hospital, um, yep. plus his sales call to the man with the fishing rod. Um, many consider the screenplay to be superior to the text for the Pulitzer winning stage play. Um, the film version is often transcribed to stage now. Okay, so they... It's interesting. It's kind of gone full circle. So, like, the play probably just originally had the uh, office set, pretty much. I'd say so. You'd still have some of the other stuff, I reckon. Mm. Like, because you couldn't... I don't think you could do... Like, you'd still need Ricky catching up with James Link in, like, the restaurant and stuff. I'd say they probably had the restaurant and the office as the two mains, Yeah, maybe... Or unless that diner didn't exist and the other two... Had it's one of those ones that are not making the set for Jack Lemmon just to go to a... Put it to you this way. I feel like this is kind of the play where it barely has anything of a set. It's like that kind of... Yeah, it's really just, just this... stage light driven and it's... Yeah, well, the, uh, most... Uh, not 85% of the movie is in that office, yeah. so... Yeah. Um, none of the major roles in the film were auditioned. I just picked them. They were all offered their roles... Um, Jack Lemon though, said that he would have been really happy to audition for a role this good. Oh, good. Good on him. Yep. Um, uh, the original play is actually mm. based on all of David Mamet's experiences as a salesman. Yep. Um, interesting. This is real good. Okay. Alan Arkin turned down the film twice 
because mm. he thought Aranau was a stupid, inherently unlikable character. Yep. Upon reconsideration, however, Arkin created a backstory for Aranau. He hadn't been a salesman very long. He was a teacher by trade, but the school in which he worked was shut down and he needed to support his family. Arkin says that he played Aranau as an innocent rather than his usual stage depiction as a weak-wheeled bubbler. Mm. I like that. Yeah, it, it kind of showed that he was not really cut out for sales, but it's sort yeah. of giving that sort of And you kind of get that vibe even feel. with his final little scene where it's just mm. he, he gets back to work. Like, he's clearly there just mm. to support the family, whereas yep. some of the other ones are just really into it. Um Well, if there's no Simpsons ones in there, we can just say them. You, you talk through the Simpsons one. I'm going to just try yep, and so, find some others. So the obvious one is they have a recurring character called Gil, who is based on uh, Shelley, the Jack Lemons character. Yep. Um, but what then, about poor old Gil? <laughs> but um, more so, there is an episode called The Twisted World of Marge Simpson, where she sells pretzels and... In there, they have a character voiced by Jack Lemon, who uh, encourages her as a pretzel salesman to start that business. So that was definitely based on his sort of character. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Hmm. Random bit of trivia. Yeah. Something to just consider as we talk through. Uh-huh. Whenever any of the main characters is in a position of power, mm. they chew gum. Ricky when he's mocking Moss's attitude, Levine when he's insulting Williamson after Ricky is taken to the office, and Williamson when he's revealing to Levine that the Nyborg deal is no good. Very yep. interesting. Okay. There was one more that I found. Oh. Yes. Have I lost it? Okay. Hmm. Ah, yes. Why the film is called Glen Gary Glen oh. Ross. Is it the two? It's the two properties mentioned in the movie. Yeah. So it's Glen Gary Highlands and Glen Ross Farms. Yep. Tough name, though, for the film. <laughs> Jeez. Well, it's, I think it's just if you just remember that the L is in the first word of both. No, nah, I can't do it. Glen Glally. You can say? <laughs> no, nah, I can say Glen Gary Glen Ross. Quicker. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it quicker. <laughs> I will stumble over it. Yep. So let's, yeah, let's. Dive in. So the film pretty much starts with um, an older dude mm-hmm. on a telephone. Payphone, yeah. On a payphone. He's just kind of trying to get a hold of a doctor. Yes. Um, and he's quickly kind of joined by another gentleman who seems to know him, who mm-hmm. jumps on a sales call, mm-hmm. whilst at the same time, whenever he's not talking to the person on the other end of the phone, kind of complaining about who he has to call mm. um, and talking about how shit their leads are. Um, you quickly find out where where even were they at this point? They were, I think, out the, maybe within that restaurant or maybe at the front. Yeah. I think the restaurant might have had two pay telephones or just telephones that they could use or, mm. I feel like that was kind of like their second office because as they left, they go, oh, if they've got any messages for me, yeah. So they must meet a lot of clients there. Yeah, I assume. At, towards the end, I'm just we're just going to jump around. Oh yeah, whatever. It. it doesn't matter. Um, when you find out at the end that Levine had actually been 
working with what's his name? Moss. Ed, Moss. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, oh, when did the fuck did that happen? But then only now as I've started recounting mm. the film, I'm like, even at the start of the film, mm. he was talking to him about how he'd been catching up with that other firm. Yeah. Yeah, he's well, he, well Moss had mentioned that pretty much the whole time. Yeah. But uh, to, was, to Levine. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, yeah. It was, yeah, it was think, kind of there from the start that... Yeah, they they sort of put that in there just as a little throwaway which initially. Which comes again. Which comes back of, full circle at yeah. the end. So, so they're, again, they're in the bathroom. They're talking again just about how shit the jobs mm-hmm. become. Yep. Um, Moss talks about the fact that there's another, you know, potential... F- f- I'm going to call them a firm. Yep. Sales firm that they can work with. Mm-hmm. Um, that he's, you know, maybe met with them, maybe hasn't. As they go to leave the bathroom, they bump into Kevin Spacey's character, who you find out is their boss, because mm. they start pretty much going in on him, telling him how shit everything is. Yep. Um, you then find out, yep, they're in a restaurant, Chinese mm. restaurant. Chinese restaurant. Um, and from there, it's, it's they kind of head off to their actual office. Well, they they sort of sit at the they sit at the bar. Um, we get introduced to. Rick. Ricky Roma. Ricky Roma, Al Pacino. Yep. Um, just spouts some stuff. I was a little bit annoyed with him to start off with, but I think his character became... this. I said to you at the start, Yeah. I really don't like Al Pacino. I like Al Pacino, I think but I this is one of the very few roles that I've actually really enjoyed. I think... Him and his performance. Yeah, I think... Because um, early on in his career, he was, he was very... Like, he was really, really good. And I think this is sort of within his middle part and he started to rely on yelling too much. Yeah. Um, but this older. is sort of, this made... This was nuanced. This was, this was it meant more when he did yell. Yeah. Like when he did get frustrated and angry, because he has the, the, the good tone and intonation and yeah. all of those things. But to start off with, I was not sure if I liked him. Yeah. But then it grew into it and... Back to his yelling. This film yes. came out in 1992. Yeah. I did not know that the C word was around then. Oh, they loved the C word. Like, you know how, like, like that's a dumb thing to say. Obviously, that word was around. Yeah. But you know how, it's just a part of my Much brain where I'm prominent. like, some words mustn't have been used until some points. The 90s, in my mind, the C word didn't exist. Well, this is but not a movie we'd see. Clearly, it did. Oh, it's and, such a good word, though. And it's, I wish. i got to say, it's very impactful when you hear it. In an American film. American accent. I think it's definitely... Um, it, it, has the vit- it has the vitriol. Yeah. Where, in, why, and that's the reason why people don't like the word. Whereas over here, you're just like... It's um, it's much more punchy in an American accent. I feel like Australia, it just kind of... It rolls off the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> Not off Pacino's. With Pacino's, it's, it's like he's... That's a dagger. He is stabbing Kevin Spacey. He's a dagger. Anyway, wait, we're going off topic. It's just a lot of the back end of this film was amazing. Let, let's get to it so we can actually talk to it. So yep. they all then go to their office, mm-hmm. um, except for Ricky. He stays at that bar. And he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's got he, a client. A client? Well, you, you kind of, you don't know that at the time. You just think he's talking to someone at a bar. Yeah. Which he probably is, but... Yeah. yeah. So then the others all kind of rock up to the office. Mm-hmm. So it's Levine, Moss is there. And then obviously Arrowell. 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 Was it George? I've got to find out his first name. So yeah. It's going to be easier to say. Yeah, George. Was it? I don't know. No. You said it. You said it with some sort of confidence. I know, but I feel like it's wrong. Okay. 
<laughs> it was George. There you go, see? Yeah, skin around it. Okay, George. So, so they're all there. Mm-hmm. And so is uh, their boss, Williamson, like who's, with Kevin Spacey. Yep, who's in his office with a with Alec Baldwin, yep. which you, you learn that they don't know who he is. Yep, so they're all there because it's kind of like the start of the day for them. I, this, I, this part was, really confused me because it seemed like they were coming to work for the first time for the day, but it's night time. Well, that could be the, like that. It could be the norm. Maybe yeah. they just do two days on, two days off. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but they're there to get their leads. Yep. Because they're all still shitty about how crap their current leads are mm-hmm. and they want the good leads. We heard the word leads. Millions of times. Lots of times. If you ever want to have a drinking game... Don't play it to this. <laughs> I definitely don't play it to well, this. Well, you can, but... Yeah. And Alec Baldwin comes out. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't want to see this movie, and you're listening to us talking about it, and we've already called it fantastic, so you really should. Yes. Do yourselves a favour and just YouTube this scene. It's the only scene that he's in this movie for. Yes, I expected him to be in more before I watched it. Well, so did I, because this is the only movie that he's ever been nominated for a Oscar for. Which makes it, from other things I've seen him in, this is his yeah, best yeah. But ten for, minutes. For seven minutes <laughs> yeah. to get an Oscar nomination. Oh, yeah. Like, it's huge. Yeah. But he completely sets the tone of the entire movie. Mm. And it is just a... It's a tour de force. Like, it he is. rips into them in a way that is so mm. brutal. Like, this movie has some of the best... Oh, just attacks. Personal attacks. Personal attacks. Of his, mm. Like, but subtle as well. Like, at one mm. point, he, you know, tells... I think it's Moss that mm. he do, he's not a man. Mm. Like, you are, you are not a man. But you even look, as he says, you are not a man. You see his eyes dart down to his crotch. Yeah. Like, he's just like, it's little, like, even subtle things like that. Mm. And even, it's just so good. But, like, everyone in this scene's great. Like, yeah. Ed Harris firing back's great. Even Levine fights back. I think. But then you've even got George, who mm. sits there. Mm. Doesn't say a word the entire time, but you know from just looking at his character. like He's just taking it, I suppose. He's absolutely taking it. I think, I think um, the scene starts off particularly well with... Um, put that fucking coffee down. Yeah. Coffee <laughs> is for fucking closers. <laughs> you do not close. You do not get coffee. Yeah. Like, it's probably the shittest coffee oh, in the world. atrocious, but... But you're still not allowed it because you are not a fucking closer. Mm-hmm. I think that was just a really, like, good way to sort of... That's, like, even just character-based, that's an assertive... Yeah. And then we get the, the crux of this movie mm-hmm. as he turns around and goes... You all know what you're working towards this month. Yep. Top salesman gets a Cadillac. Yep. Second, Second place. Steak knives. It's a fucking pair of steak knives. Oh, about seven. And then he adds right. he adds in a new third place yep. prize. You're fired. Dude, I, I'm going to assume third and fourth are fired. Yeah, or yeah. are they not getting rid of... Um, what's his name? Ricky. Ricky. No, no, Ricky's already pretty much at the car. Okay. He's at the Cadillac. That's that's also why he starts the meeting, even though Ricky's not there. Okay. Because he's not a problem. You yep. look at the board, he's like on 90,000 oh, 90, for the month. And then everyone else is like 20 or seven and Levine or zero. On zero. So, it's savage. Like, straight yes. up, he's just saying, do some shit or you're gone. Yeah. And they all crack the shits. They're like, they can't be spoken to like that. Mm-hmm. All this shit. And then he reveals, after... <laughs> His brass balls prop. And and saying, my watch is worth more than your car. 
actually, <laughs> that was the line I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Which is one of the most brutal things in the world. He's like, I saw you this morning rocking up in your Hyundai whilst I drove up in my BMW. Like $1,000 BMW. Like just a pure little, don't yep. even come at just, me. He does the, the whole, put the his, his sleeve down and go... See this watch? Takes it off. Yeah. And puts it on his desk. <laughs> just uh Yep. You have a real good look at this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then reveals the big stack of the... Well, as he refers to it as... This is the gold. The Glen you, Gary this leads. This is gold. This is the Glen Gary, Glen Ross leads. Mm-hmm. But these aren't for you. They're for closers. These are, these are for closers. Mm-hmm. And only once you prove that you're a closer will you even get to... To look at these, mm-hmm. and these are these are the kind of leads that aren't just shit that they've got at the moment. They're ones that the was it Mitch and Mitchum, the parent yeah. company. Yeah, yeah. Um, had, they're dead set certainties, pretty much. Yeah, what they say, what they're saying. Yeah, but but in their eyes, if they were to give any of those to this group of they'd salesmen, it it's a waste. They're yeah. gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the challenge, mm. and then he pretty much just leaves. Yep, and never to be Charlie seen Baldwin. again. And then everyone just goes into crisis mode. Mm-hmm. George is worried. Moss cracks the shit. Yes. And just leaves. Yep. Takes George with him. Mm. Um, which then leaves Levine there, mm. who you, you get a sense, like, his daughter's in the hospital. He's desperate. He's desperate. So he's he, desperate. he's just, he's trying everything. He has his little phone apparatus, so he doesn't have to hold it to yep. his head. He's got a really weird strategy as well with his selling. He, he is blatantly lying. I did notice near the end of the movie that Ricky also used that strategy while calling up someone. Oh, they're all running the same strategy. It's just, it I'm like, here for a few days. I need to do this. You're part of a winning... <laughs> you've won this. Yeah, but that's kind of like how, even later on when Levine's like, you know, you don't know what you're doing to Spacey's character. Like, you need to mm. learn. Because they all know each other's tricks. They all know how to support each other, like how when James Link comes in mm. and he's like, Pretend Al Pacino's putting this like, yeah. you know, absolute spin on it mm. and Levine instantly just, he goes with it. Yeah. He knows exactly what to do mm. and it's just, yep, it's great. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's begging, he's pleading, he's telling um, Williamson, you know, I'll cut you in on any of the commission I make, I'll give you 10%. 20%. 20%. And then Spacey just goes, cool, yep. And it's going to cost you for every lead I give you on top of that. Yep. And the deal just keeps getting worse and worse all the time. And Shelley Levine has no money. So he just gets out of the car because they've had this conversation in the car. And then he goes on to his merry way of trying to sell. Considering what Williamson says to him at the end. Yep, which is just straight up. I never liked you. Mm. He was never going to give the leads. No, I think he well, was going to. He was going to change that deal every time. Every time. Well, he. Well, a he he knew he probably didn't have a hundred dollars on him. Yep. And because you can change the like, yeah, he's quite happy to go. I'll give you this percentage of this, but it's not cash in hand right now. So yeah. that's why he said, "All right, fifty bucks." Yeah. Each lead. So, I think, yeah, it just incrementally would have got worse for him. So, so Shelley's left all yes. alone and uh-huh. goes off to one of his only leads 
And it's just it's clear that he's not making the sale. He isn't awkward. It was a very awkward scene. Like the guy couldn't make eye contact with him. He's just like, please. It feels like go. every time someone comes and knocks on my door, yeah. I don't know how to get rid of salesmen sometimes. I'll tell you why. That's why I put a fucking video doorbell on my front door. That thing's never getting opened. Well, I, yeah. No, good call. I can even jump on it and go, go away. <laughs> and they hear it. Maybe I need to get one. Leave. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's good. So um, we then cut, though, back to Moss and George. Mm-hmm. And this is where you hear Moss's grand plan. Yep. Effectively, he, he's going to steal. Mm-hmm. The the leads. Well, he, he originally said, "Yeah, he says, I'll okay. I need to steal this, and then yeah, I'm going to steal this mm-hmm. so that you know I can go and sell them to that other firm. Yep, they're going to give me five grand. George, you'll get half. Yep, we're going to do this together, and they've got some jobs lined up for us. Mm. George, as we can already tell, he's not the type that's kind of going to be into that plan. I think he- at all." He went along with it kind of initially, just like, oh, okay, yeah. Man. I think Something he kind of thought it was a bit more just mm. talk. Like It yeah. sounds like Moss was one to really mm. yap away a bit. Yes. Um, and then it's only when Moss turns around and goes, so George, you'll go in and steal them. I, I can't be seen doing it. I'm the one that's always talking about leaving. And yep. they'll, they'll know it's me. And George pretty much turns around and goes, well, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well... If I go and do it now and I get caught... You're going with me. You're an accessory purely because of this conversation. Yep. And it's kind of left there. And that's why, yeah. And then you, obviously, later on in the movie, you assume yeah. that George has done it. Because George is... Yeah, let's kind of just get into that then. So, bef- just before we get there, yep. we then cut to Roma. Yes. Who is whining and dining. He really is. Less dining. It's maybe a couple of peanuts, but... If that oh, a couple of whiskeys, maybe it's at this point you yeah you see the the difference in the mm. in the style. So Shirley, Shelley, 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 Shirley, Shelley. Um, he's a bit more desperate in his approach. Mm. Too desperate, yeah, like real begging, like you know, it's great. I suppose it's different. It's different uh, feelings. He needs this sale, yeah. and Rome is just like, well, it'll be nice to get this. But you get a sense that this is Roma's way mm. of selling and it's to get these people drunk he mm. he finds the weakness yes and zeroes in like the weakness of Link is that he's got no backbone no doesn't want to disappoint people so he doesn't want to disappoint his wife which we get into later on mm-hmm. but at this point you know Roma's playing off the whole we're friends I've given you a great opportunity and yep. getting you drunk at the same time so mm-hmm. you say yes and it works he gets his sale but he, So then we cut to the next morning. No more rain. Thank no. God for their budget. Um, and he rocks up. I've got the sale. Mm. Give me my fucking Cadillac. Because <laughs> he's got the insurmountable lead now. We had it anyway. Yeah. But as he walks in, the office is fucked. Yeah. Like, it's it's tr- it's trashed. All the phones have been stolen. Yep. And you just, you go, all right. right. So Moss and George have definitely gone through with their plan. Yeah. Or at least Moss's plan. Yeah. The cops are there mm-hmm. interviewing people. At this point, they're interviewing Moss. So it's just George. He's just kind of mm. sitting around waiting. And he Roma goes in on Williamson at this point saying, you know, did you fucking... Where are my contracts? 
have they been cashed? Yep. You know, you can't lose my sales, all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. he, it's at this point, I feel like the first half of this movie was all about Shelley. Yes. Like it was framed around more so Shelley's mm-hmm. kind of story struggle. and struggle. Mm-hmm. Second half is all Roma. Yes. Yes. At the very least, he... Well, second half, and then uh, I think maybe right before, like fifteen minutes in, fifteen minutes to go. I think he, he, it he, turns he just, back to yeah, Shelley. Yeah. So it's, it's your first, second, and third act. Yeah, yeah. And in this 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 whole segment's just incredible. It it's very hard to talk about because it's literally just dialogue after dialogue after dialogue of someone actually just going real hard at someone else. Yeah. And it's just. It's really good to watch. You see how happy Shelley is coming in with his sale, with his eighty-two thousand dollars sale, and it's just and just the instant change in his character as well. When now that in fat, his yeah. mind that he has mm-hmm. made a he's, sale, he's achieved. Yep, yeah. In all of the 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 insults and mm-hmm. the swearing, I think the greatest like line in that. Roma has to Spacey is you are not fit to work with other men. <laughs> like, just this pure whack of... Mm-hmm. Like, I've called you the C word, but just purely, you are not, like... Yeah. You're not fit to do the... Well, yeah, the whole argument against Williamson is his... It It's come across that he's not a salesman. He's never been a salesman. And he's become... A he's come in and just come in and just managing the whole sales team. Yeah. And they're not happy with it. Oh, that's good. <laughs> but you're right. It's, it, this is it's tough to do this. So at this point, Moss storms out, yep. cracks the shits, goes in hard on Roma. You can mm-hmm. tell there's always been animosity there. Yep. And he fucks off. And at this stage, I'm kind of like going, okay, everything's gone to plan. How you think? Yep. Um, George goes in. Mm-hmm. George storms out. He's fucking livid. Yep. They've told him, you know, maybe you should look to getting a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And again, at this point, you're like, okay, so they're they're on to it here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, does Roma go in? No, Shelley does. No, Roma goes in before Shelley. Well, James Link comes in, there's all this stuff. He wants his money back because yep. of his wife. Yada, yada, yada. You see Shelley and Roma working together to mm-hmm. try and seal the deal. Spacey comes out. And fucks that up for him. That's when yep. you get him turning on Spacey. The cops then finally call in Roma to go in. Mm-hmm. And this is when Shelley's still, after overhearing yep. Roma going on S- Williamson, gets a bit cocky. No, I think he he's... Um, so, Roma's still trying to make um, the... Finish the sale with James. And, and they're calling for uh, Shelley and... In James Link's James James's eyes, no one in there is Shelley, so he's go he's just going. All right, I'll take care of this. Yeah, and so that's when he goes into the room. He goes in, and from at this point, they clearly must not think he's got anything to do with it because he comes out very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yep, because he yeah, that's right. Because he comes out mm-hmm. when Roma's going in on yeah, and James leaves. So then yep. Roma does go in. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, so Shelley's a little bit cocky. Real cocky, gets a little biscuit. And he's just, and just like you shouldn't have uh shouldn't have made that up. Yeah. You know, you should have kept your mouth shut and not mm-hmm. made up a lie. Yep. And Williamson goes, 
How'd you know that was a lie? Because mm-hmm. no one knew it was a lie. Nope. Because none of the contracts had been taken to the bank. No. Because for the first time in a long time, he went home to spend time with his kids and left a contract on his desk. Mm-hmm. Which means that only someone who had broken in... Would have known. Would have known. Shelly, mate, you've done goofed here. Yeah, he... he Jack did a really... Like, Jack Lemon did a really good job of showing absolute nervousness yeah. within that sort of frame of being accused of something he knows he's done. It was at that this moment here, this 15 minutes, mm-hmm. that I was like, there's Gil. Yeah. Like, uh. like the pure, like, desperation. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he gives up the the fact that, you know, oh, it was all Moss. Yeah. Moss, it was his plan. I just went along with it. I got 2500 because we got five grand. I'm pretty sure he got more, but I got swindled. No, no, I think... No, yeah. no, so, you know how when he was talking to George, mm. he pretty much said, you know, we're I'm getting, getting 7500 Yep. And he's just like, oh, but I'm taking five. It's my yeah. deal. Yeah. Whereas with Shelley, he didn't give that information up either because mm. Shelley's just clearly a bit of a, yeah. a cakewalk at this stage because well, he's doing anything for money. Yeah. My thinking is, do you reckon Moss just asked both Shelley and George without knowing who would do it? I reckon. And he's like, well... Someone will do it. Yep. These guys, they, both of these guys are super desperate. Yep. Um, and so you get, you instantly realise, okay, so Shelley's done this. Mm-hmm. He's had his win. He's got 2,500 bucks. Gave him the confidence to go off and do this sale. Yep. Um, but this is where Williamson turns around and just fucking destroys him. Yep. I tell him that, that deal won't go through. Yep. You literally met with our shittest leads. Because again... He hates him, yeah. so gave him the shittest leads, knowing that he'd never be able to make a sale. Because mm-hmm. he's like, these guys just are insane. Yep. All they want to do is talk to salespeople. You've, They're lonely. This this check will bounce. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I knew this. And and then literally comes out with the line to his face of, I never liked you. Yep. And takes him into the cops. And that's it. And that's the movie. Yep. Just go watch it. Yeah. Um, just to get all the different nuances with um, all the dialogue, because we are we are interactions. doing no justice with I, that synopsis. I, I think I think just with and it's not so- everything that's been said. It's just really hard to sort of go with every line. And it's not a it's- film about the plot. It's this is a film about the, the plot the is rock. very it's, easy it's to the, explain. It's the script, mm. it's the cinematography, and it's the performances. I really liked um, the sound design of the whole thing. Mm. I think when they were in the office, you could hear like. Um, sort of like a slow jazz number and like yeah. hearing the rain from the outside. I don't know. It was just a really good, really good sounding movie as well. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Obviously, we loved it. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to give it a rating at all? I'll give it a rating. Yep. I'm going to give it a... Hmm. Hmm. Maybe four and a half out of five... Shitty leads. <laughs> oh, God, that was so shitty. Four and a half out of five Patels. <laughs> oh, Patel. If you, that was another great line. If you gave Patel a million dollars... if No, what was it? If Krishna offered him a million dollars if he signed on the dollar line, he, he still wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that, that was will incredible. not make sense unless you watch the movie. Yeah. 
So do it. So our friends at Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. We'll, we'll uh, see what they've got to say. Nah. So it's got a 94% tomato meter. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a classic. Yes. Audience score is 88%. Your critical consensus is this adaptation of David Mamet's play is every bit as compelling and witty as its source material. Thanks in large part to a clever script and a bevy of powerhouse actors. Mm-hmm. Now, this time... Do you I'm, want to find bad ones? I'm looking for your one stars. Um, I mean, we might be hard to find one, to be honest. Could, could, could be. I'm sure we'll find... I've got a, I've got a one. Got one? Okay. So this is from Sherry S. Okay. From This was in 2016. Mm-hmm. Horribly tedious. Couldn't wait to get out of the theatre. Some plays are better left as plays. Out of the theatre? Like a cinema. No, but when when did she have... I reckon, it, I reckon this would get replayed. replayed. Okay. Mate, there's many cameos in the world. Okay. Um, this is an interesting one. Two and a half stars. Yep. Alec Baldwin's scene isn't as powerful as it once was with the multiple homages. It's mm. a classic, though, and well worth a watch. Hmm. Here we go. One and a half. Yeah. Robert Zed. A great cast wasted on an uninteresting, even boring story. The negativity and ruthlessness throughout is too much for me. You know what, Robert? I don't want to say you're wrong, but you, you're not right. <laughs> There's some fools in the world and you are one of them. <laughs> yeah, this is tough, but again, this goes to the quality of the film when even on something as vapid as Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. you really can't find it's a really bad hard. one. And... All right, I've got one more one star. Let me sum it up. The Leeds, The Office, The Leeds, Rainy Alley, The Leeds, Chinese Restaurants Slash Bar, The Leeds, Some Dude's House, The Leeds, The Leeds, The Leeds. Why they turn this play into a movie, I don't know. It's all great acting, I'm sure, but the story is absolutely agonizingly boring. Yep. What's worse, they made the movie feel like a play. Because it's it is a fucking play. play, you idiot. I found a halfer. Okay. Dennis B., I'm sure this movie holds the record for most F-bombs in a screenplay. A total bore. Put me to sleep. I think both of those statements are incredibly wrong. <laughs> Anyways, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. It's wrong. There's just... And wrong. Yeah. Because okay. people are fucking idiots. Yes, they are. So that was Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. There you go. I've done it at the yeah. end. Um, really great suggestion from mm-hmm. Michael. Um, appreciate it. And again, I'm very glad we watched it instead of something yes. shitty. And if and if you'd like to have your suggestion uh, watched, uh, you can email us at uh, cameoguys at gmail.com. Or find us on Instagram or Facebook, and mm-hmm. you'll find us pretty easily, because we are Cameo Guys on there as well. Yeah, so get in touch, everyone. We'd love yep. to hear from you. Yep. Um, and I think we'll leave that for this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, go Pies. Yeah, go Pies. Big Coxie. <laughs> Wish we hadn't ended off with Big <laughs> Coxie. Um Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.